Welcome to What the Church, a podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Orlando. I'm Cameron Hughes, and I am joined today in our expanded portable studio at a very safe distance by Miss Alexa Rossi. Hey there. This is our special quarantine episode of What the Church, and we just want to encourage you guys with a couple of stories from our congregation. Um, We know this experience has been different for everybody. Um, It has been easier for some than others. Uh, We know there's a lot going on in our community, and we just wanted to be able to share a couple glimpses of what people are doing to manage quarantine and uh, what that looks like. So uh, because of the nature of the situation around us and social distancing, we'll be calling people and having conversations via the phone. So I'm really looking forward to that. Alexa, I saw a post on Instagram the other day that said, how are you holding up has become our new hey. So um, Alexa, how are you holding up? That is uh, is quite the question to answer right now in Mm. this season of my life. And I think this week I could say that I have in the process of grief, mm-hmm. reached that phase of acceptance where mm. I feel like this is my normal for now. Mm-hmm. And so the first uh, two weeks, I guess we're on week four at the time we're recording this, we're on week four of working from home. Mm-hmm. And the first two weeks were terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I live alone and I really usually enjoy that, but just, I think dealing with the quick departure Mm -hmm. that human contact was for me was really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think it's tough because there's a sense in which you watch other people quarantine with the people they live with, whether Mm -hmm. that's their spouse or their family or their roommates. Mm -hmm. And you get this sense that very few people, uh, can relate to what you're going through, even though there are plenty of people that do live alone out Mm -hmm. there. Um, it's just very isolating because, You wonder if other people are thinking about what you're going through Mm -hmm. or thinking about you. And that's a, that's a hard spot to be. Mm. Um, So I have been in the throes of, of grief and letting myself feel um, whatever emotion comes. I I read a, an article on grief um, that said emotion needs motion. Mm. And so I have found it really helpful to just let myself feel whatever I'm feeling in the moment. Mm. And Um, take that to the Lord through prayer and then to have the opportunity with a few close friends to, to feel that emotion with them. um, That's a huge gift because it reminds me that I'm not in isolation. Hmm. And so um, I'm doing okay, doing much better than I was. Um, But at the same time, everything I've kind of worked through is what has not taken me by surprise Hmm. Um, in the sense of a lot of my own uh, spiritual formation, emotional health, all of that. Those are things I've been exploring and taking to the mm-hmm. Lord and and trying to grow through them. And so um, in that way, I'm really grateful that there's not just this, that I haven't been self-aware up to now. Mm-hmm. I had been self-aware. Mm-hmm. And so it's been good to uh, just have this as an opportunity to, in some sense, walk through a refining fire with the Lord. And mm-hmm. um, maybe in the way that marriage can be sanctifying. This mm. is, this is the same way that singleness can be sanctifying mm. as I learned to trust the Lord, um, for what only he can offer me. Mm. And, uh, I've been wrestling with this tension of feeling tired mm. by the fact that God ordained 
people, the body of Christ, to be his presence in the world until the fullness of the kingdom is established when he brings heaven down to earth in the new Jerusalem or when I get to heaven and, and see Christ face to face. Um, so I, I wrestle with this tension between like, yeah, it's good that people are around me and God has ordained them to be his presence in my life in ways, even though the Holy spirit is in me and he's with me. Um, but then on the other hand, to know that he is the only being that can satisfy my deepest longings. And so kind of just wrestling with the Lord that that tension exists and um, yeah, just trusting him through that. So it's been good, really hard, lots of tears, but also some joys and, and watching the Lord answer my prayers very specifically. So um, that's a long winded (laughs) answer to your question, but um, I think it's a good opportunity for us to, just talk about grief and Mm -hmm. I have been going through grief and I also have high hope. And so learning, I'm learning a deeper language of lament Mm -hmm. in this season. And that is a gift that I think, um, will shape the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So grateful for that. Yeah. It's weird to think that this situation is, it's traumatic. It's different and it's traumatic and it's stressful and it's anxiety inducing and we don't know when it'll end. And, um, to be able to look at the situation and everything new and different that we're experiencing and understand that our brains and our spiritual life needs to figure out how to handle that stress and that trauma in a new way, um, in a way we've never had before because of the isolation. Even in our situation, there's three of us at home. We spend a lot of time together and it's great, but uh, it's different for us. Um, we're thankful for the season because... Um, we have a two-year-old at home, almost two-year-old at home, and um, we don't always get to spend weekdays together. Um, so this last four weeks has been the cycle of really sweet, awesome experience and still having to figure out how to work, have two adults. For a while, we were working from one laptop with a two-year-old running around, and uh, it just it was a n- whole new challenge because we were both work from home now all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> we've talked a lot about how we'd love to have some work from home time and all of a sudden we're thrown into the, the depths of it and uh, it's challenging but it's been really good um, seeing God work in some really cool ways and give opportunities to um, care for others well through the season um, that's just kind of been our prayer every night is how God what do you have for us in store for loving others through this and because it has to be at a distance it's just been it's been a totally new and different experience for our family. So, sure. yeah. Um, yeah, excited to see people again. I know. <laughs> um, it feels weird to be in a booth with someone else for the first time that isn't uh, someone with the last name Hughes. But um, <laughs> I, I it, think it's I've been looking forward to today knowing yeah. that I'd at least get to sit across the room from two people mm-hmm. that I'm known by. Um, mm-hmm. That's that I know and I'm known by. That's huge because I've I've seen my neighbors. I, I live in a condominium complex. And so I get to see the faces of people, but to see mm-hmm. the faces of people that I know and I'm known by mm-hmm. is a huge gift. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a different feeling than uh, we've been running every morning or just about every morning. And you go and we go about the same time and we see the same people walking every morning and we wave, but it doesn't feel like... Um, 
relationship at all. It's just, it's nice to know other people are experiencing the same thing as us and we'll laugh and you go in the evening and there's people sitting on their porch and uh, Mm -hmm. you have conversations from 20 feet away, but uh, it's just, it's so different. Everything is so different. So today we're looking forward to talking to a couple of people and hearing a little bit more about their experience. Um, we originally had talked about this episode as a way we could give you guys some tips and tricks to quarantine, but we're far enough into this at this point. I feel like everybody I've talked to said it took two weeks to kind of find a groove to what quarantine is. So we don't want to blast you with information about what you should be doing. Uh, we really just kind of want to talk about um, what's what has the experience been like for everybody? We want to talk about the ups and the downs and hear where God's been moving. So uh, we'll start out our call today with Meredith Gaylord. Uh, Meredith has four kids at home, all under the age of eight. Wow. Um, and that is different. So I uh, want to hear her experience and hear about uh, what's been going on with her and her family and her kids. We have Meredith Gaylord on the phone with us. Meredith, we would love to hear what your experience has been like so far. And if you could share a little bit about uh, your connection to First Pres and your experience here so far as well, uh, we would love to hear that. Sure. So um, I'm Meredith Gaylord, and I live out in Winter Garden. We have um, four children, eight, six, four, and two, Hmm. um, which has been (laughs) a lot of fun during quarantine. (laughs) You're busy. Um, Yes, we're busy. And we have been members of First Pres um, for almost 11 years. Um, And, you know, this, I think, like everyone, we uh, are still adjusting and trying to find the balance Mm -hmm. in this season. Um, I think the first week, week and a half, we were kind of all in shock. And and Mm -hmm. my husband, Scott, and I, even said to each other, oh, we're not really doing anything. We're kind of just sitting here paralyzed by mm-hmm. this. And um, once we kind of understood that this was probably going to last a while, we, we kind of, you know, we picked ourselves up and said, look, this is a great time for us mm-hmm. to, you know, disciple our kids, really pour into them. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when are we going to get this time back? You know, we're not. Um, so we have just been really intentional um, with them really just pouring God's word into them mm. during the course of the day, which we don't really get the opportunity when mm-hmm. they're at school. You know, our normal routine is, you know, at nighttime, you know, the craziness of the kids coming home from school and mm-hmm. homework and baths, and then we do prayers and we do our devotional at mm-hmm. night. And I think now we've really worked it into our daily routine um, in every conversation that we can where it presents itself. Hmm. Um, we can explain to them a little bit more about God and, and what our purpose is hmm. here um, to build his kingdom. Um, one really sweet thing that I have sort of found, and I have found a lot of sweetness in this time, hmm. as hard as it has been, um, but just really taking the time to observe our children a little bit more hmm. um, and just watching them. I, I noticed in my oldest, um, she's eight, and she has such a servant's heart. Hmm. that I don't know that I recognized in the past. It's not something I would have ever said about her when, when, you know, explaining Hmm. the, um, some of her, some of her, uh, spiritual gifts. And Hmm. it's like the first thing I would say about her now. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so it's been really sweet to see that. Um, and I think for my children specifically, you know, we've been going to the church Mm -hmm. for, you know, for so long, they're very wrapped up in the traditions of what we do. Mm Um, you know, so for Palm Sunday, they were, you know, they, they usually are used to doing the parade Mm -hmm. with the palms. They were really missing that. Hmm. 
Um, and so we thought, okay, well, why don't we gather palms from our, we have a lot, a lot in our yard. Cool. And so we, um, gathered, you know, probably 40 or 50 palms and we mm. wrote Bible verses on them and passed them out to our neighbors, um, to hang on their door on Palm Sunday. That's awesome. So, yeah, it was just a good way to say, you know, we no, we can't be at church every mm-hmm. Sunday, but we are the church, mm-hmm. you know, we are the church and we can live this out every day in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, along with all of the good has been a big lesson in grace Hmm. um, for Scott as well as myself and teaching that to our children. Sure. Um, Because, you know, we've got four of them and they're all, you know, two two of them are trying to do school and Hmm. the other two are toddlers just running around. (laughs) And so, you know, there's these fights and and these squabbles that we have to break up. And Hmm. and so we're really trying to to take this time to say, hey, listen. Hmm. God gives us these, this grace all the time. We mm. all mess up and we say things that aren't nice. Mm. Um, but you know, he forgives us for those and we need to forgive each other. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, that's kind of what, what this season looks like for us. I think we are still struggling with, you know, it feels like Groundhog Day every day. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> what, it does. what do we, <laughs> you know, what are we going to do every day? Mm. But, um, really just trying to spiritually nurture them hmm. is, is my goal and, and spiritually, spiritually nurture myself in this time. Um, I know for myself, I get up every morning and think, because, you know, it's hard for, for, for moms and dads hmm. to have these kids all day, every day and keep them on somewhat of a schedule. <laughs> but I always, I, I go back to Isaiah forty eleven, which hmm. says, um, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms hmm. and carries them close to his heart. He gently leaves those that have young. Hmm. Um, so I really sort of try to rely on that when I'm hmm. struggling with, you know, just the day to day of having them all at home. So that's kind of really our story is just studying scripture more, trying to form them and hmm. sanctify them and mold their little hearts. Um, so that they can go out and build God's kingdom. That's awesome. Meredith, you have kids in very different spots of, uh, I would assume, understanding just in the sense that um, you've got a two-year-old all the way up to an eight-year-old. So how much have you had to um, help them process what is happening? How Have they been curious about what's different and, and how have you managed that um, as a parent? So they have, I think my eight-year-old is very inquisitive and she asks a lot of questions. So I have relied on some articles that I have found. I think there was one from the Gospel Coalition that just sort of explains what this is. You know, I kind of take it with everything. I answer what they ask hmm. um, and I'm not going too much further because I don't want to instill fear in them quite yet. Um So I think they understand. They understand why we're home. They understand that we're trying to keep everybody safe and healthy. I think they really sort of grasped it when the most when we were praying for people that we know mm-hmm. um, that have the virus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been not not to say that we've been lucky, but they haven't been too worried about our family getting it. I think they know that mm-hmm. we're you know, they kind of understand why we're staying home mm-hmm. and why we're not seeing their friends. Um, but it has been a little bit of a challenge because then I have this four-year-old who wouldn't understand it. And he, mm-hmm. you know, he'll run up and hug anybody. <laughs> so we're kind of having to pull him back a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Same thing with my two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And just, um, you know, 
sort of, we can live on them, but just mm-hmm. to kind of say, oh, we we'll have to, you know, we just sort of say it. We got to stay away for right now. We're mm-hmm. trying not to spread germs and keeping it pretty simple. Mm-hmm. But it has been a little bit of a challenge for sure. I, uh, we have a two-year-old at home and I totally understand the mentality of not quite knowing how to explain it to them in a way that um, isn't scary, but um, at the same time, being able to encourage him to um, just relate to people in a way that he's not typically used to has been, um, it's, it's been cool to watch him kind of flourish in that, uh, just the different conversations right. we have with people that he would see normally in his day-to-day, uh, whether it's a Zoom call or a FaceTime or uh, just uh, basic conversations, recording little videos for them. It's been uh, awesome to watch him engage that way. Um, Mer- yeah, I agree. That's and and I'll tell you the the thing I think is so cute, and I'm sure you've seen all over social media is these you know these kids who are having these you know the, the disappointment. I think is one thing. All these mm. things that they were looking forward mm-hmm. to. I think we're really dealing with you know teaching them that disappointment happens mm-hmm. in life. Um, but it's been really sweet to see like the little car parades for people's mm-hmm. birthday mm-hmm. and that we can still celebrate in this time. We just have to celebrate in a different way. Right. Meredith, what would you say has been the hardest thing for your family through these first couple of weeks of quarantine? I think the hardest thing is balance. Mm-hmm. I think, um, especially for those of us that are not teachers and mm-hmm. had to overnight become a teacher, <laughs> um, as I'm sure you can relate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, very difficult to, I've got, so I've got two in school and then two that are running all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I am constantly, and I see this everywhere. I'm con- I'm like, why do you have to eat all the time? <laughs> always wanting to eat. And, and so it's, it's, it's you, that balance of, you know, cooking and cleaning and, and teaching. Um, and my husband who's working from home, you know, he's locked in his office mm-hmm. and I have to respect that. You know, I'm so thankful that his job is not affected by mm-hmm. this. Um, so leaving, knowing he's home, but knowing he can't really help has mm-hmm. been a challenge. Um, we have not quite yet found the balance. <laughs> I will admit. And and I'm trying, I'm sort of trying something new every day mm-hmm. and thinking at some point something will stick. Um, but right now we're sort of still flying by the seat of our pants. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, I have realized that morning time, you know, to get an hour knocked out in the morning, mm-hmm. an hour during quiet time for my younger two, mm-hmm. and then maybe even an hour at night for my kids for yeah. their schoolwork has worked. Um, but these kids have got to get out. You know, they've mm-hmm. got to be outside. So we're trying to, you know, even in our backyard, just let's, let's get outside, get fresh air. Um, I think it does the soul good, you know, it does everybody's soul some good just to get some vitamin D. And, and <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That has been a lifeline for me as well. I'm probably three shades darker than I was three weeks ago. <laughs> the, the very first thing we did when we found out we were going to be at home was uh, do a target pickup with a kiddie pool and a slide. Um, and that's, uh, that's been awesome. a, a godsend for us. But I totally hear you on the snack thing too. It's like, dude, you have two snacks and a meal every day at school. Why are we eating 17 meals throughout the day? But he <laughs> I know. And, and I, I've seen people do the buckets. Well, they'll put buckets out and fill them with snacks. And this is your food for the day. And, and I hope to one day be that organized. I'm just not there yet. Um, so, but yeah, the food, I, I've never lived in the kitchen more than I am in this season. 
It's uh, it has been such an adjustment, but we're so thankful that you were able to join us and share a little bit about your experience. We are praying for you and your family. We have one and it feels like four, so I can't imagine four. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, thanks so much, Meredith, for uh, taking the time to talk to us. We figured out this tech thing enough to make it happen. So we're uh, just awesome. really excited. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I look forward to the glorious reunion that we'll all have back at church, hopefully, yes. you know, sooner than later. I think it will be a very tearful mm. um, reunion, but I can't wait for it. We're praying for as soon as possible. Yes. Well, praying with you. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Meredith. You have Bye, a great Meredith. day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, I think it's it's so interesting because I've FaceTimed with uh, close friends of mine that have young kids and in all the ways I talked about this situation being difficult as a young single person living alone, mm-hmm. I find a lot of solace in thinking about how everybody is having to learn a new rhythm of life and it's difficult. Mm-hmm. And so hearing Meredith talk about, um, just the, the, difficulties that it is to have four young kids and a husband working from home, Scott working from home. Uh, it's really just unifying. And I think it's a good reminder that we're all growing in some way. And I'm really grateful for just the different ways we can shape each other, even though our experiences are not Mm -hmm. totally the same, there's always going to be something to connect over. Uh, and that's part of being a human and that's a gift from the Lord. So I'm grateful. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to finding those rhythms the best you can, knowing everything changes daily. Sure. (laughs) Um, for us, I hear Meredith when she says uh, the snacks, but uh, for us both working from home at the same time, just trying to find a rhythm and stay a couple days in advance on when we need to be in front of a computer versus when we're um, with our son versus the the little bit of screen time that we don't really want to give him, but helps him get through those moments where we're both called away. Um, It's been... uh, a, a new time of finding balance. Yeah. But. And I think we have to have a lot of grace for ourselves in that. And um, I think in this season are tempted to believe that we should become these new people and um, have all these new habits, which I hope for us that we do get the opportunity to assess our habits and uh, what they're teaching us about what we love. But at the same time, if you're in a place of grief and listening to all the things that you should be doing or could be doing with your time gives you anxiety. Release yourself from that and find freedom in Christ that um, he is walking you through a season of grief. And he promises that suffering for those who love him will always produce good. And that's because of the way that he enters into your pain and suffering with you. And Tanner recently wrote a blog, I think it came out on Good Friday about this false dichotomy between grief and hope and where we feel like we have to be on a linear spectrum somewhere between grief and hope when in fact uh, scripture calls us to have high grief and high hope in the same space. And that's what we call lament. And so we weep with those who weep and we mourn over the brokenness of creation as people who have been imprinted with a desire for beauty and eternity and 
uh, a life that is not separated from God. Um, those are those things are imprinted on our hearts. So we should have high grief when we find that the world around us is incredibly broken and devastated. But we should also have high hope because Jesus Christ is a human being that sits at the right hand of God on the throne. And the promise is that for all of eternity, um, he will reign and he is reigning. And so there's so much hope that we have as we even find ourselves in pain and suffering. And um, we have hope that all of this um, will go away someday, that God is actively making things new and he's wiping away tears. And, and so there's freedom for you if you are struggling and there's freedom to just struggle through this season, but Mm. reach out and find others around you and don't do it in isolation, but don't feel the pressure, um, to be this new person on the other side of this experience. Um, I've been reading every moment holy, uh, which is a book of liturgies and prayers for ordinary moments. And um, it has been such a gift to me. Douglas McKelvey wrote it and uh, the Rabbit Room Press published it. But it's it's deepened my prayer language and the language of lament. And it's theologically profound. So I want to read a liturgy that has spoken deeply to me in this time as I've just been honest with the Lord about my frustrations and even at points wondering where his presence is and and wondering how he's working and just dealing with the pain of the brokenness of this world. And so Douglas, um, he writes this in a liturgy for nights and days of doubt. He says, in your presence, I can offer my questions, knowing you are never threatened by my uncertainties. They do not change your truth. My doubts cannot unseat your promises. You are a rock, O Christ, and your truth is a bulwark that I might dash myself against until my strength is spent and I collapse at last in despair, only then to feel the tenderness of your embrace as you stoop to gather me to yourself, drawing me to your breast and cradling me there where I find I am held again by a love that even my doubts cannot undo. O Lord, how many times have you graciously led me through doubt into a deeper faith? Do so again, my Lord and my God. Even now, do so again. So I love that prayer, um, recognizing that, no, I wouldn't choose to be in these seasons of pain and frustration. uh, But Lord, do it again. Grow me in the ways. You know, this is such a raw, ripe time of growing. Um, And if the Lord uses that to make me look more like Jesus, then praise him. Hmm. That's a good word. Yeah. So we'll be back next week with another story um, from Lucy McLeish, who is uh, a small business owner here in the Orlando area. Uh, She runs her own photography business, but um, has worked from home for quite a while now. And uh, we wanted to talk to Lucy and share a couple of tips and tricks of what work from home could look like if you're struggling with that, but also to hear her experience, which Alexa, I know is similar to what you've been going through in the last couple of days and weeks. So uh, look forward to that. Now go out. Well, don't go out. Stay home and live truth.